0: I want to use this as a thought, and while we're standing, we're just going to pray and remind me to tell you at the end that I do have some product in the foyer. But I want to use this as a thought today, these words, all I want for Christmas. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege that we have today to stand in this preaching moment. I ask now that you will hide me behind the cross. Send an anointing that makes preaching easy. I plead the blood, destroy every yoke. Pull down every stronghold. Let the power of God be manifested in a great way today. Fulfill your purpose and the plan of God for me being here. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As you're seated, just tell someone on either side of you, say you're in your winning season because you're sitting next to a winner right now. All I want for Christmas I think that it is only appropriate to begin this Christmas sermon with a confession. I confess today that I am ambivalent about Christmas. I quietly struggle to some degree to get through what used to be my most favorite holiday. I grew up in a Christmas loving family where we decked the halls and Falalad La Lad and feasted every year. My parents' home was always immaculately decorated. Dad was a pastor and the home was always full of family and friends and <clears throat> the exchange of gifts was epic. Uh, We didn't have gifts just around the tree, but they moved on out into the room, and Christmas Day, the love and goodwill was tangible. It was a special, magical, almost, if I can say that in church, time of year. That is, until my 25th Christmas, it was that year that my father, my first hero, the driving force at the center of our family Christmas tradition, died. Died unexpectedly on December the 14th. And when he died, it seemed as if the sense of certainty as a family we had died. Our colors were changed from black and white to shades of gray. And nothing has ever been the same. I'm blessed. I'm blessed with a wonderful mother. I'm blessed with siblings, blessed with a family of my own now. But my dad was somehow the glue that held our family together. And when he died, it seemed over time as if somehow... Our family bonds loosened. Civility replaced closeness until finally a coldness settled over us. And as children and grandchildren, once so close, it seems like we've reached a point where we don't even try to fake the funk anymore by trying to get together on the holiday. So each and our families focus on our own we, or at least I, soldier through Christmas. I soldier through it for the sake of my wife and my children, and I I make a perfunctory list for those who ask, what do you want, Dad? Well, sweaters, shirts, socks, books. I simply have to list some things for the shoppers in my life, but in reality, I do want something for Christmas. All I really want is for Christmas to feel like it used to feel again. Everybody, I believe under the sound of my voice, wants something for Christmas. Maybe this is what makes the holiday so invigorating and yet infuriating at the same time. We all want something. Most of us want some stuff. Stuff is easy. Fishing gear, new bowling ball, shiny new Lexus with the big red bow on it. (laughs) Someone felt a quickening right there. (laughs) Stuff is easy. Relationship issues can be more complex. Peace in that little piece of earth that we call home. Romance, for all you single folks, and a few of you married folk too, new or improved romance. Cue the old J's, Christmas just ain't Christmas without. But then there are the less tangible things. How do you put improved self-esteem on a Christmas list? Or how do you quantify the desire to feel that you are actually valued for all the contributions you make in your family, on your job? In some cases, not here, but in your church. And our frustration mounts up because everyone in our world wants something. They want something from us while too often we're grappling with our own unfulfilled or even unspoken desires. We're we're pulled to the limits but never fulfilled. Welcome to grown up life. We recognize the unrealistic expectations of others in a heartbeat but our own unrealistic expectations are a little bit harder to see. And you know When I do recognize I have an unrealistic expectation, the crazy thing about unrealistic expectations is that even though I know it's not realistic, something in me still hurts when it's not coming to pass. Is it any wonder that depression and despair can spike during this most wonderful time of the year? Look around and tell somebody, say, we all want something. Anybody that tells you they don't want anything is lying to you. I need you just to get that message to the row behind you. Tell somebody, say, we all want something. hmm Have you ever asked yourself, what, what was it that the witnesses and the participants in that first Christmas Wanted. Luke tells us, so it was that while they, that is Mary and Joseph, were there in Bethlehem for the census, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, strips of cloth, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. That doesn't seem like a very in-depth analysis, does it? Everyone wants something for Christmas, and I submit to you that the first Christmas was no different. Everybody in the vicinity of that manger wanted something. There was Herod. You know Herod, the the half-breed king who ruled Israel as a puppet of Rome. He wasn't in Bethlehem that night. But you better believe that his tyranny, his ambition cast a shadow that was long enough to reach the two and a half miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. There there was Herod. I can imagine him with orange hair, orange complexion, talking about fake news. uh, Herod, Herod. Herod, I'm sorry, I stepped into a landmine there, Pastor, but Herod might best be characterized as the ultimate political survivor. Herod had the ability to pick whichever side seemed to be winning and jump on that bandwagon. He stayed in power by the powers in Rome. And uh, Herod was that leader who was both clever and cruel, distrustful, jealous, brutal. Herod was so fearful of conspiracy that over his 33 years of reign, he, he executed two wives, three sons, and a mother-in-law, all for... Being suspected of conspiring against him. Herod had a high turnover in his cabinet. When he heard that a, uh, a new king had been born in Bethlehem, Herod ordered the murder of every boy child two years old and younger in Bethlehem. At his death, Herod ordered that, see, so he was. Dying, he ordered that all the leading Jews be gathered together, imprisoned. And the order was that when Herod died, they were all to be executed too. Because he wanted, if there was no mourning for him at his death, that there would be at least mourning at his death. Herod, what do you want for Christmas? I think if Herod were here, he would say, I want longevity. Longevity. I want a kingdom that will not end. Then there were were the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. We read about them in Luke 2 and, and verses 8 through 18. And at the birth of Christ, we know that the vast majority of the Jewish nation was either employed in animal husbandry or in agriculture. But the shepherds were Considered the lower class, they—they they were those that you know uh, their taste was not quite up to par. They—they they wore the plastic gaiters and the—the the matching hat. And come on here, somebody, when they dressed, when they dressed, when—when—when when, when, when they weren't dressed, they—they they might have on some old greasy coveralls and were not known as great dressers, not known as people of money, not known as people of substance. Shepherds were not looked up to. They were kind of looked down on. And, and it's, it's ironic to me, uh, the irony of being essential, they were responsible for feeding and clothing the populace, but at the same time being treated as expendable. I don't know if there's anybody in here that, that in your life you know you're essential, but yet people in your life treat you as though you are Expendable. It was to this overlooked group, this overlooked demographic, that the angelic host appeared and made the glad announcement, shepherds, 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 what, what, what do you want for Christmas? And I think they would respond and say, not much. We would just like an opportunity to have a look-see. We we just want to see this thing for ourselves. History records that these lowly, rugged men were allowed into the exclusive fellowship of the manger to witness the glory of the newborn king. Come in a little closer, come in a little closer. I want to tell you something. There was also Joseph, the carpenter, Mary's husband, Jesus. Foster father. Lean in so you can hear this. Joseph, Joseph. Matthew's gospel tells the story of the faith of Joseph. I call it Joseph's dilemma. It takes a special kind of faith. Are you listening? It takes a special kind of faith to believe that your teenage fiance just got pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Some of you all call it faith. Some would call it something else. I think in this modern day and time, folk would say, what kind of game did Mary have that she could convince a man? (laughs) Baby, I've been faithful to you. I ain't been with nobody. The Holy Ghost did this. How many of you parents would believe? Look up and down your road, tell somebody, say, a special kind of faith. (laughs) To me, Joseph is perhaps one of the great heroes of the Christmas story because if you read the Gospel of Matthew and then the Gospel of Luke, you'll see that Joseph's experience was not like Mary's or even Zacharias. Zacharias and Luke 1 and Mary and Luke 1, both of them had the experience of the angel Gabriel appearing to them in person, live and in living color. The angel that was so awesome in aspect that when he appeared, he had to say, fear not. Something about angels is so grand that Some of you all say, I want to see an angel. I'm not sure if you really do because every time in the Bible I see one, he always has to say, fear not. Zacharias and Mary, father of John, the mother of Jesus, both had a direct angelic appearance. Joseph, if you read Matthew, did not get an, uh, an appearance by an angel. He had an angelic visitation in a dream. Maybe I'm too analytical for my own good, but I think I would wake up from the dream, talking about was that cabbage? <laughs> was that the pizza I had last night? I just dreamed the craziest thing. I dreamed, girl, I dream you were pregnant. I know that can't be. <laughs> <laughs> and in the dream some joker told me the Holy Ghost did it. <laughs> Anybody in here? Has had your faith challenged like Joseph? Challenged to believe something that, that defies your intellect? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> challenged to believe something that defies your intuition? <laughs> you know on the inside it don't work like that. Challenged to believe something that defies your inclination? Jo- Joseph had already made up his mind when the dream came. He said, "Something going on. I'm going to get rid of this girl quietly. Challenge to believe something that defies not only your intellect and intuition and inclination, but also your own self-interest. Why do you think Mary was with Joseph in Bethlehem? Why would you take a woman that is great with child on a journey on the back of a donkey over rugged terrain, a two-day journey from Nazareth? All the way down to Bethlehem. Why would you do that? If not to protect her from the wagging tongues of the small town where everybody knows the story that she's pregnant but it's not by Joseph. Joseph! Hmm. What do you want for Christmas? And I think that Joseph would answer Yo, all I want is some legitimacy. Just, I just want, if nothing else in my life is real, I just want this to be on the up and up. This faith thing, this journey of faith, that I'm being asked to do something my mama never did, my daddy never had to do. All the folk I look up to, they wouldn't put up with this, but, but God, if you're God, please just let this thing really be legitimate. And then finally, there's Mary. I I doubt that there are any virgin mothers in here, but I can imagine there's still some mothers in here who might relate to Mother Mary. (laughs) Mary, what do you want for Christmas? I can hear her saying, I'm not that concerned about longevity. Or having a look-see, because I see it already. Not concerned about legitimacy, because I know it is what it is. But all I want for Christmas is a let-up. If just the pressure, the craziness, if I could get a let-up from the past nine months, a respite, could I just get a few days of lull in the madness of my life? I don't know who I'm talking to in here that says, if I could just get a a few minutes of peace during this Christmas season, a lull so that I could actually sing some lullabies to this new baby. There's an interesting passage of Scripture in Haggai, the second chapter. Haggai was one of the early post-captivity prophets His assignment was to prophetically prod the people of God to get busy upon their return from exile to rebuild the temple. In Haggai 2 and 7, the prophet speaking for God says, And I will shake the nations, I will shake the nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And in the middle of talking about the coming tribulation and the kingdom age and the kingdom temple, The Holy Spirit causes Haggai to interject the words, the desire of all nations, the riches of all nations, the one to whom all uh, the true riches culminate or in whom all true riches culminate. Jesus is coming. Brothers and sisters, I'm getting ready to close and get out of the way, but everybody, look at somebody say, everybody wants something for Christmas. And, 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 and everybody at that first Christmas wanted something. And yet, in that manger was laid the desire of all nations. Herod, you said you want longevity. You want a kingdom that will not end. But I read in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7, Luke 1 and 33, it says, Of his kingdom there shall be no end. Herod, you should have merged your kingdom with with his, you you should have gotten with him. Shepherds, you want to be able to look at the promise being fulfilled. Well, uh, I hear John, the beloved apostle, he could relate. And he said, we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, Joseph, you want legitimacy. You want... You want reason to rhyme. Well, uh, you can rest everything. You can rest easy. You can know that this is too legit to quit because Paul said, In him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are complete in him. Mary... Oh, Mary, you need a break. You need to you let up in the madness. Well, it might bless you to know that unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Charles Wesley had it right in the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. In one of the stands, he says, Come, desire of nations, come and fix in us thy humble home. So I close by asking you, what do you want for Christmas? I know some of you have a list. (laughs) You've made your list. You're checking it twice. Your list. You have spoken desires, but I don't know if there's anybody in here that knows what it is to have some unspoken desire. I'm talking about the things you would not dare to put on a Christmas list. If I if I could just somehow step into my yesterday and undo some stuff, if if I could somehow know how to navigate the secrets of my life that my husband doesn't know, that my that my wife doesn't know, if I could somehow close some doors that I open up in the spirit realm, that I'm seeing my children impacted by, I, I, I've got some unspoken desires. I, I got a letter in the mail that I don't want to talk to anybody about. I don't know what to do with it. I got something on my computer that that, that, that I wish I could do away with. I've got some things going on, some skeletons in my closet. I've got some unspoken desires. I've got some prayer requests that are on the altar and it seems like God is not hearing me as I'm praying. Lord, I, I don't know, maybe I brought this to the wrong church. But is there anybody in here that knows what it is to have an unspoken desire? Some things you can't tell anybody on your row about. You know, there's some things we reach over and shake our neighbor's hand and tell our neighbor. But then there's some other things we don't want our neighbor in that area of our business. Who in here knows what it is to have something in your life that you can't talk to anybody about? Uh, Well, I came to tell you that the desire of all nations has come. I came to tell you that he's able to fix not only the spoken things but the unspoken things. You've got some things in your life that you want that are realistic, but is there anybody in here that's got something that I heard the praise team saying, only God could do it. I need God to do what only God could do. I need him to move in a way that only God can move. I got some stuff I'm afraid to tell you about that I feel like God has put in my spirit. I got some promises that that are in my spirit that I can't even articulate because if I told you what the promise is, you would think I had a big head. You would think I was crazy. You would think I was self-aggrandizing. But oh, I'm so glad that the desire of all nations is able to handle my unrealistic expectation. Touch somebody and say, he's able to handle it. Lord have mercy I'm just about to feel like I'm at home. Uh, I just came to tell somebody, I need you to give somebody a high five and tell somebody that your deepest desires are open to him and he's able. He's able. I need you to minister that to somebody. He's able. The creator of the universe came and unclothed himself of his royal garments and hallelujah, became obedient unto death, took on the form of a servant, laid in a manger, cried was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Uh, he took on flesh so that so that he could feel what we feel. He feels our infirmity. He sees and feels our pain. He knows what we're going through. He knows what it is to be tempted in every point like we are and yet without sin. Somebody said, Jesus knows all about my struggle and he will guide until the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. Look up and down your row and say, no, not one. Huh? No, not one. Uh, brothers and sisters, I hear my father singing uh, in the old Pentecostal church that I grew up in. Uh, he would stand up on a Christmas Sunday and say, Jesus, uh, Jesus, oh, what a wonderful child. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, uh, so holy, meek and mild." Uh, don't y'all act like you didn't grow up in church? Uh, there's some of y'all know what I'm talking about. He said, new life. New hope uh, to all he brings. Uh, Give somebody a high five and say, listen, listen, listen. As the angels sang, glory, glory, glory to the newborn king. Uh, I feel like praising him right now. Ah, is there anybody in the room uh, that's ever watched a show called Jeopardy? Uh, You know on Jeopardy they give you the answer and you've got to come up with the question. Uh, And I came to tell you that if you have a question in your life, uh, whatever the question is, the answer is the same. Uh, I need you to take somebody by the hand and pull them a little bit and say, Jesus is the answer for the world today he's able to do the impossible he's able to touch the intangible he's able to lift you from the gutter most, uh, up into the uttermost uh, oh i don't know who mariah carey was talking to uh, she said i don't want a lot for christmas uh, there's just one thing i need uh, i care about the presents uh, underneath the Christmas tree Uh, I just want you for my own uh, more than you could ever know Uh, can I put my own words in it Uh, I make my wish come true uh, because Jesus all I want All I want for Christmas uh, Is you Uh, I feel apostolic right now Uh, Can I preach the way I want to preach Is there anybody in the room That can say all I want Is a little more Jesus Uh, I want him to be my guide Uh, I want him to hold my hand Uh, I want him to walk with me I want him to heal my mind uh, is there anybody over here that'll throw your hand up uh, and say all I- is a little more Jesus he's the remedy for my troubled mind he is the healer for my broken heart he is the mender of my wounded spirit shake somebody's hand and say I don't know about you but all I want for Christmas is Christ is an evening in the room uh, that can say, I may not have a whole lot of money right now. Uh, I may not have uh, a whole lot of material things this year, uh, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Tell somebody when you got Jesus, uh, you've got it all. Uh, Can I go high? When you have Jesus, uh, you have bread when you're hungry, you have water when you're thirsty, you have a bridge over troubled water. When you got Jesus, you have light in darkness. Can I go higher? High, yeah, 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 yeah. When you have Jesus, you have enough. Shake somebody and say, I got Jesus and he's enough. He's my friend friendless he's my comfort when I'm lonely he is the lily of the valley the bright morning star, the rose of Sharon uh, what's his name what's his name he is Jehovah Rafa, the Lord that heals me be another lover uh, of my soul like Jesus. Uh, He'll hold you in the midnight hour. He'll enfold you when everybody else leaves you. He'll be with you eternal wonder he is the great i am what's his name i call that name when i'm sick what's his name i bless my food in that name what's his name i cast out demons in that name what's his name When you call on Jesus Every knee shall bow Every tongue shall confess And he is Lord When you call on Jesus Give somebody a high five And say he will He will <laughs> he will. make a I've had folk give me stuff, but then within a week I forgot who gave it to me. All I can remember is somebody gave this to me. I've had folk give me stuff and it looked good until I tried to put it on. I couldn't get the button to button sweater to come over my but when I tried on Jesus he's one size one size He'll fit you. You can be a single mother. He'll fit you. You can be a divorcee. He'll fit you. You can be struggling in your mind. He'll fit you. You can be broke. He'll fit you. Tell somebody he fits me perfect. So they say I get joy when I think about what is up for me. I get joy when I think about what is up me. I get joy when I think about what is up me. I get joy when I think about what is up me. Now listen, we used to sing another one that said, "Listen." What's the matter now? Oh Zion. Oh Zion. oh Zion oh Zion Oh Zion You don't pray like you used to pray You don't pray like you used to pray